Hey everyone, welcome to a special episode of the Teacher's Lounge. This is a recording of a live event we hosted called How to Teach Content Marketing in 2018. Whether you teach marketing, sales, communications, or entrepreneurship, content is an important and often critical component of educating students to be successful business professionals. This event was co-hosted by myself and Ian Cross, Senior Lecturer of Marketing at Bentley University, and it features Justin Champion, creator of HubSpot's Content Marketing Certification. Enjoy. What we're going to start with is talking to Justin, creator of the Content Marketing Certification, a bit about the importance of content marketing, what the landscape looks like uh, with a little bit of a glimpse into the future, and then what will happen is we'll flip that over and Justin will start talking to Ian a little bit about what it actually looks like to teach content marketing. What are some of the victories that you've had? What are some of the challenges? <laughs> Justin, just to kick things off, a question for you. Why should every business be doing content marketing these days? Yeah, great question. So in today's information world, content really is king. And, and that's something that Matt Cutts, formerly with Google, coined many years ago. And it should exist in every facet of your business, not just your marketing department or your marketing collateral, which is what most people think. When they think of content creation, they really think of it as marketing collateral. And the way to think of content is whether it's awareness, getting your brand out there, or conversions, which is getting new business, or even retention, which is keeping the business you have, Content is what helps you do this in a scalable way. So, and that's the key word is scalable way. It's not like paid media where if you shut off your advertising budget, all your visibility is going to go away. It's much more scalable. And something important to note about content, you know, while, while brick and mortar still plays an important part of most businesses, digital assets like a website, social channels, review sites, Google business listings, and so on are helping people find um, these businesses. And it's even important to think about that content and experience you're creating in these areas. Because ultimately, again, like if you have a brick and mortar store, people are probably finding you based on your, your digital presence. So content is really something that nowadays are what people are engaging with before they even know who you are. And so looking out into the future, at least short-term future, 2018 today, what are some of the big trends that you're seeing from talking to HubSpot's customers, talking to other practitioners, working with professors that are table stakes. Uh, they're essential to be teaching, uh, but also practicing today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there, there's a couple of big things. I would say that you should, you should always be testing. Um, a lot of people find what works and then they constantly do that over and over and over. And really what that does is it sort of neglects new opportunities that you might be able to find in the, um, that might be popping up. Like that's the big thing nowadays with with the, you know, the digital sphere is that there's all these different channels that are popping up. There's new social channels that are happening. There's algorithm updates to Facebook, to search engines. So really testing and staying on top of it is really gonna be key. Um, and another one, uh, and this goes to what uh, Dharmesh Shah, who's one of the co-founders of HubSpot said during his inbound keynote, which I loved is that 20% of our content leads to 90% of our leads. So a focus on quality content versus just creating content for the sake of creating content. I talk to marketers all the time who are creating blog posts or even other marketing assets, and they're not sure exactly the direction of what they're doing as much as they've just been told to create content. So really understanding the value of the content you're creating, and this kind of goes into my last point, is trying to be efficient by thinking of big initiatives that are actually gonna make an impact and move the needle. So what I mean by that is, is instead of thinking about a blog post here or there, think about specific topics that you wanna be ranking for 
that are really going to help attract the right audience and help convert those visitors into leads and ultimately customers and then find a way to even help them uh, uh, from a retention side. So making sure that you're thinking about what sort of content you want to be creating and how you can recycle it from maybe you have a blog post. How can you turn that blog post into a video? How can you turn that video maybe into an offer like a guide? But the big thing is recycling content because it takes a lot of time to create effective content. So becoming an expert at repurposing is probably one of the biggest advantages and something that helps me as a content marketer when I create content all the time. So what do you say to uh, the businesses that are skeptical about content marketing or maybe don't understand how that fits with paid or, or whether budget should go to hiring a content marketer or, or towards paid? What's your, what's your pitch? Yeah, so there's one stat that always stands out to me and it's content marketing costs 60% less than outbound marketing, but it generates more than three times as many leads. So it's really like a marathon, not a sprint, right? Like if you're doing paid media and you're paying for attention, which is not a bad thing, I'm not saying you should not be paying for attention, but there's, if you're looking for much more of a sustainable play, then content marketing is gonna help you uh, get that specific visibility that you're looking for in the long run, right? Like when you're thinking about sprinting, you're getting immediate results. And that's really where a lot of people get deterred is that they'll try creating content out for three months, maybe even six months, and they don't get the results that they're looking for. But if you look at historical data, people are creating content for three to five years, you can see this dramatic uptick where in the, in the beginning it's sort of slow, but then it starts to go up. And as long as you're creating content, again, efficiently around specific topics, and you're thinking about the impact versus just creating content to create content, over time, you're gonna develop this library that can help educate the, the visitors to your site, it can help uh, inform them better to make better buying decisions and then help retain them better if you want to, whether, whether it's, you know, that you have a, uh, a services business where you're trying to uh, make sure that you're keeping this person on a specific platform or no matter what you're in, think about that content and the story that it's telling. And over time, you're essentially developing a resources library and you want to make sure that you have a valuable library that you're creating. I want to switch Justin to talking about uh, specifically the teaching side, you create a ton of resources to empower people like Ian, to empower the professors to teach content marketing. Uh, two specifically that I want to talk about are the content marketing certification and the content marketing workbook. Mm -hmm. And my question for you is, why do you think the workbook has gotten uh, more downloads than the certification has views? Uh, they're both immensely popular, uh, they're platform agnostic, so they're great for anyone who's looking to teach or learn content marketing. But why do you think so many more people are engaging with the uh, the workbook? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's more people that go through the certification, but for the amount of people who actually finish the certification versus yeah. going through the workbook, the workbook actually has more results. But the thing that I love most about this workbook, and, and it actually just relaunched on uh, November 16th with more updated activities, is that each activity, the whole workbook, I like to think of it as a puzzle. By the end of it, you're going to have this complete built-out plan and a framework for how to create content on a consistent, scalable basis. But really, I've broken it out to each section so that instead of telling everybody what the end result is going to look like, I have them do these different activities through these different sections. And by the end, all these activities are like puzzle pieces putting together this larger picture. So on one side, it's successful because it helps people understand what activities they can be doing. But the bigger side is that people who actually go through all the activities as opposed to just a couple of them, 
There's a transformation that's happening so that by the end of it, they have this aha moment where they can take that and they can continue growing. And from a prescriptive side, I don't want to be so prescriptive that I should say you should do it X, Y, and Z exactly like this as much as here's the things that you can practice. Now go and do it and really replicate it. That would work best for your audience. And I think that's what's most exciting about it. I think your comment on bridging that gap between theory and practice, uh, implementation, strategy, and understanding is something that Ian is going to be able to speak really well to. And I'm going to see the floor to let you two talk about how to, how to bridge that gap and how teaching content marketing has been applied at Bentley and some lessons that some of the other professors and folks that are listening to might, might be able to pull from. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first of all, I've, I've loved working with you, Ian. Uh, you're uh, very inspiring with everything <laughs> that you've done. Um, and, and maybe you could talk to a little bit more about the collaboration on teaching content marketing and what we've done together. Um, sure. And I think maybe just to give a little bit of context, uh, how Bentley got involved with HubSpot and Inbound in general. Mm -hmm. and that was, I mean, maybe like many of many of you out there, you may be, you, uh, if you're with a college or a business, you may be using your admissions people, your marketing folks, et cetera, might be using HubSpot. And that was certainly the case at Bentley that our uh, corporate marketing team was using Hub, HubSpot back in 2015. And I remember the VP of marketing, uh, the CMO, uh, called me up and said, hey, you may want to come and uh, talk to these guys. I think what they're doing is really good. It's, it's been helpful in our marketing programs, and they've now and they're interested in creating an education program, which uh, frankly led to uh, a conversation uh, between me and Mark Killens, who was head, who was kicking off this academy uh, uh, program. And I remember it now. I think we met on January the twenty, or January the fifth, two thousand fifteen. And on January the 28th, I launched a class. So, <laughs> well, I completely revised my e-marketing class and made it HubSpot specific. And the reason that I did that was because I, having had a chance to look at the content that had already been created around Inbound, I was very impressed and continue to be impressed by how professional the material is, uh, how accessible it is, in my opinion, to students. And that was one of the big questions about working you know, HubSpot and Bentley collaborating on this is this material, which was originally designed for marketing professionals, you know, could it be applied to um, students and could it be applied to undergraduates? And um, in my opinion, the answer was yes. And I said, well, let's try it. So for an experiment, we, we you know, we, we shoehorned the uh, uh, Academy inbound material into my class and the students took to it like a duck to water. Um, and they all passed the certification and they were all incredibly proud of themselves. And, you know, we were able to say with, you know, pretty much that we're one of the first schools in the world that to have students that are now certified in inbound. And since 2015, oh, about something like over 250 students at Bentley have gone through um, HubSpot certifications, you know, inbounds are a, st a staple. Um, we've expanded now into content and also expanded into, into sales. So the other piece to this was that Bentley is a business university. So our principal business is preparing students for the world of business. And obviously my job is preparing them for the world of marketing. So I wanted them to, to know 
what current trends are and current theories are in marketing and also be able to practice and implement it with a product. And, you know, HubSpot fits the bill very nicely as a great, wonderful marketing automation tool. And as one of my friends who's the president of uh, um, a, a multinational uh, digital agency who helps advise in the CMT, you know, said to me the other day, you know, look Ian, I want to hire students at a university that have, that have worked on, on real life projects that have had internships and have used some tools. I actually don't care whether they're using HubSpot or whether they've done Google Analytics or, or what, they, what they're using, but I want them to have used some tools and have some appreciation for how that software, that tool actually makes a more efficient workplace and, and they're familiar with them. Then I can then train them in the tools very much easily than the ones I use. Do you mind if I ask you a quick question yeah. on that? Just yeah. to bring a good point up. You've, you've mentioned how uh, the different content that we've created, you've mentioned how the, the importance of teaming up and actually giving the students real world experience. But can you tell us how you've been teaching content marketing? Like what does the classroom yeah. look like? What is the environment? Well, we're very, I'm very lucky in the class that I teach in that it's, um, it, it's in a center class, they call the Center for Marketing Technology that has a classroom that's equipped with uh, IMAX should the students want to use them, but they all have <laughs> laptops anyway. Um, and then it's got three or four breakout rooms, which are all web conferences, et cetera, et cetera. So what I like to do, so it, 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 what we typically do in a class is I flip the classroom. I'm sure many of you know what that means, but essentially it's like, okay, go read, go watch the video, go follow some of the blogs as homework, and then come to class uh, the next day or the next week knowing the concept that we can then discuss what it is you've learned or not learned. Um, I will typically open up that one of the chapters uh, on content or inbound or whatever we're covering and say, okay, so tell me what you've learned from this. And we'll go through a few points, which generally speaking, you know, I'll pick out here is three, four, five key slides out of the whole deck and say, okay, let's just make sure that we understand that. Give me a practical example of, 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 of where you would use um, keywords to, to promote content, for, 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 for example. And then I give them a project, and we, and we do that either two ways. One, we actually work with real companies that say, okay, here's, here's our objective. Um, Sperry Top Cider was a good example. You know, Sperry Top Cider was launching a new line of shoes and they wanted to reach a digital audience, you know, a teenage girl digital audience. Um, they were very willing to uh, work with us to have, even though they weren't, Sperry was not using HubSpot, excuse me, um, they really enjoyed having students think through a whole inbound slash content approach. So for this year, for instance, I've got, a, I've got one team of students that wanted to work with the ASPCA to um, to come up with a, a marketing, you know, a, a, a marketing campaign, a content marketing campaign that were with the objective of getting more people to uh, adopt cats and dogs. They're not <laughs> actually literally working with the ASPCA marketing team, but this would be the campaign if they were. And I think it can actually work um, both ways. Obviously, the advantage of working with a a real company, if the students do a really good job, then these companies actually want to hire them as interns or jobs. Right. One, one thing I wanted to mention very, um, you know, 
carrying on just talking briefly, but so how do we get to work? How, you know, how do I switch from inbound to content was after having taught inbound really one, one semester, I came back and, you know, you know, Isaac was on the team then, which is fantastic. I said, okay, this inbound stuff is okay. It's a nice framework. I want to do real stuff. I'm like, I guess I could think of it myself, but you know, but if you got some stuff, give me the good stuff. And they yeah. said, you got to meet Justin. And if you remember Justin, I'm <laughs> Isaac like, doesn't have the stuff. Yeah, but Isaac, just, Isaac got those, Justin's know? got the stuff. Justin, I got the stuff. stuff. Of course, Justin says, yeah, I've got the stuff, but you can't have the stuff yet because I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting ready for uh, inbound uh, like 2016 or whatever it was, 2015, 2016. And but out of that conversation, you know, came a collaboration between the two of us. Like, when you got the good stuff, Justin, give it to me because I'm going, I'm going straight into the classroom with it, and we can test it out, which we, we've done. But what we've done, I think, is really smart, and I don't credit me with that. I credit <laughs> Justin with I certainly don't credit either. <laughs> none there at all. But you is that we looked at the inbound curriculum, and we looked at the content curriculum, and said, you know, there's quite a bit of overlap. And I'm sure many of you uh, out there in the audience that have been working with HubSpot will see the, you know, there's repetition of certain concepts. So what we, I think, smartly did with your help was we went through and said, okay, if I was going to teach uh, a 14-week class on inbound and content together, because we can do this, how would we structure that? Because you know, my first thought was, well, we'll do inbound for, for six, seven weeks. They get that certification, and then we do content for six, seven weeks afterwards. And Justin said, that's ridiculous. You know, no, that's not – that you could, but that's a stupid thing to do. We, you know, with your help, we said, okay, so here's what, you know, here's what week one should be, and this is intro to inbound. And then week two and three, we'll do some content pieces. And we put together a whole curriculum. Based on a discussion we had, well, what was I trying to achieve and, what, and how, you know, why? And so we, we gave to the students a curriculum that had inbound and content woven all the way through. I told the students that in their own time, by the end of the semester, they need to have completed the certifications, mm-hmm. which in, in my case is actually by, by next week, you know. I don't care if you think you're so smart and you pass in within three weeks or you do it right at the end, but you're going to do it. And because it's self-paced, you know, you're going to do it in your own time. And the students really like that. Um, you know, every few weeks I get a, I get students say, Hey, I've, I've, I've gone through the material and I passed my stuff. Um, I'm passed the certification. So that's really good. But the, to me with that, it's been absolutely invaluable of, of being smarter rather than just like do you know do module one and module two and module three it's like well actually no we can take one and two and create this hybrid um new course awesome yeah and 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 thank you for that i think that was a really good overview of how we wove everything together and and to go back on the part of having the stuff like there's one principle that hubspot academy has uh we, we actually have multiple principles but one that's a big one is uh is never settle. And I did not want to make sure that I gave you stuff until it was to the point where I knew that we were putting the best bow on top of it we could, which is why I'm so excited about this uh, collaboration with the Education Partner Program. Um, And so next year, 
I'll be hitting the road for six months. Uh, this year it was three months and it was close to 11,000 miles. Next year it's gonna be close to 30,000 miles. We're gonna be teaching a series of content strategy workshops with both uh, the content uh, certification and the workbook. But the big thing for everybody to keep in mind is that while I'm traveling, while I'm doing all this, I'm gonna be doing much more researching, a lot of different experiments and constantly growing this content. So if you're a professor or somebody who is looking to be on the cutting edge of content marketing best practices and theories, concepts, and even activities, then the education partner program is gonna be who you're gonna to wanna to partner with and have as a trusted advisor with that content. One of the biggest challenges I have right now when I think about marketing in my courses, you know, the digital marketing class, what I actually think is that's a really crazy title because <laughs> one marketing isn't digital in 2017, 2018. You know, it's like, who's going to actually have a marketing campaign that doesn't have any digital components to it? So when we talk about digital marketing, always saying, well, you know, by that we mean there's going to be some website content, there's going to be some email marketing, there's going to be some search engine marketing, um, social channels, and those are really clearly specifically digital, and so we'll deal with them in a specific way. When the reality is, if you go, you know, if you, it's like, you know, you need content and you need strategy. Right. So you need you can have all the content in the world. You can have all the channels in the world. You can have all the digital tools and non-digital tools. We're using direct mail or email. If you haven't got a strategy that says how are you going to connect the dots to the customer that you're interested in, you're going to get lost. And but one of the so I'm actually struggling not so much with the strategy piece, but it's like, you know, how much time <laughs> in one semester, you know, this idea of one course, you know, one course can't cover it all. So I will readily admit to the audience that I'm, I'm trying to think about, okay, what gets covered? How do you cover it? And what's the, se what's the sequence? And, you know, one of the questions was, well, you know, how do you cover the overlap between search engine marketing and content marketing? And I would say, quite honestly, not as well as I should, um, in that I, you know, I approach the issue of search, frankly, as like, what is the starting point for most consumers on their customer journey? And the starting point after they've become aware that, they or they figure they have a need or a want that they need satisfying in some way is Google or a search engine. And, you know, so from the search engine marketing perspective, it's like you have to recognize that virtually everybody's starting point is, is either word of mouth, and that hasn't changed from time immemorial, and or combined with search. Right. It's those aggregators now, I think, the, it's an insane number, like between Google and Facebook, it's 60% of web traffic starts yeah. from those two sources. So I think, yeah, that's, that's and, a good And so point. the way I look at the overlap is not so much to go into all the different strategies one might use for search, but to focus specifically on how you make content more easily searchable, you know, through keywords and meta tags and the titles you use and, uh, uh, and all that good stuff that's in um, Justin's curriculum. So it's, so when, a, when one of my students prepares a, a, as an exercise, a piece of content, 
one of my first questions is, how is somebody going to find this who doesn't know who you are? That is not, you know, checking in with your website or your blog frequently. Just because you create a blog post, will they come? Answer, no, they won't unless they can find it uh, through a search tool. Right, Justin? I even like to think of it a little bit higher. The way that I approach the content marketing certification is that the, the elements that as I grew in my career, where I learned working in sales, working in the services team, understanding what was going to be most important from a scalable factor, even to be honest, in 2025, um, even beyond that. And the things that are not going to go away that are in the certification that um, really help build people this framework, the first one is planning. People just want to start creating content, but they don't want to understand how to research and plan the content and put it together. That's class four in the content marketing certification, and it really helps people understand the big picture of everything that's happening here. When you make people think bigger picture, then you can fill in the gaps of what channel is happening. Maybe it's Google right now. Maybe there's going to be another search engine or something that's going to pop up in a couple of years, but you just incorporate those into overall planning. Another one is repurposing, like I said in the beginning, understanding how to become an efficient marketer, understand what content topics you should be creating content for, and how you can repurpose it to all the different channels where you are trying to capture attention or entertain your specific audience. And then the last one is how do you manage and organize your content, which is in the new class, which is what the entire year of 2017 I've been dedicated on working on is managing and organizing your content. So from a framework perspective, those things are going to be available and helpful to a marketer five years down the road, even no matter what platform's popping up, because platforms have popped up since I've been a marketer. And these are things that haven't changed as much as I've refined. Uh, The next question uh, from Cameron, which is in your opinion, I want to hear from both you folks. Uh, What bigger small brands do you think are doing the best content marketing right now? And maybe why you think that's the case? I can, I can say one that I have is like a, a favorite piece, mainly because they understand how to tell an effective story. And I think with content you're creating and understanding the narrative is probably one of the most important things. Um, I really like the way that Vengage, which is a, uh, it's a, it's a free tool that helps you create infographics. Um, infographics are a way of being able to tell a story visually, um, which is generally one of the most shared types of content formats on social media. But the thing that I most love about Vengage and the relationship that I have with them and working with their director of marketing is the way that they approach telling a story. When they think of an idea or a piece of content they want to create, they try to understand what's trending right now. What would be the best way to tell this based on the audience that we're trying to tell it to? So they're very effective storytellers, but the thing that I most love about the way that they break down their posts is how they make it easily shareable. I mean, they're an infographic company, so they're really good at creating uh, visual content. Um, But the one thing that I really love, for instance, is that with the visual content that they have, they have an embed code underneath of it so that people can easily share it and put it on their site. So they're really aware of how not only they're going to create this content, they're going to find the most effective way to tell the story, but they're going to make it easy for people to share. And if you make your content easy for people to share, people are going to want to share it. People are going to want to reference it more. And they also spend a lot of time creating content that is around topics where they can focus a lot of time and effort on telling that narrative and then chunking it up into bite-sized pieces and spreading it out through other different channels. And again, I think they're a great resource to look at. And that's V-E-N-N-G-A-G-E, and they're an infographic company. 
So I'd just like to jump in, and this sounds like I'm a complete suck up here, but I would I do have to commend HubSpot. Uh, you know that they do, as I like to say, eat their own dog food. As Isaac would say, like to drink their own champagne. Um, and I think that actually HubSpot does a fantastic job with its content marketing um, uh, approach, its strategy. Because I use a, I mean, not just in the class, but you know, I'm actually consulting for different organizations as well. And I keep finding myself going back all the while to different bits and pieces of material from blogs, from, from their social channels. And they're keeping me informed all the time in multiple different ways of what's going on. So that's one. I like, uh, if I'm going to get fancy, I like BMW. I think they do a great job with videos. I think, you know, I, I also uh, I teach luxury marketing because I like to think, I could be luxurious, even though I, I'm not. Um, and I think they do a very nice job in creating, you know, passion and exciting and excitement and loyalty uh, for the particular brand. And a nonprofit that I'm particularly familiar with that has a really unique challenge, and I think is is coming up with in, new and interesting ways of using content, is the National Braille Press. Uh, uh, nvp.org national braille press that creates education materials for the blind and as you can see imagine that's rather a challenging audience with content because they're they are having to think about different ways of how content be, can be accessed through braille um, not just to to the and to educators who may not be blind or parents or or caregivers, et cetera, that are working with blind people. And I think they uh, are, are, are you know, doing some interesting things that are you know, really trying to think outside the box in that way. Yeah. Those, are, those are great examples. If anyone else has any other examples, definitely put them in the comments. I love this question from John. I want to get uh, both of your answers on this. Uh, Justin, especially because the resource that comes along with this live event is how to teach content marketing in three weeks, mm -hmm. which really is just how to teach content marketing in three modules. To get to the question, uh, John asks, I only have eight hours, four sessions. What are the most important things to cover on content marketing? I'm not sure how deep to go into email um, and time under the hood type things for a specific platform. What do you folks think about that? If you've only got four sessions, so four two-hour sessions, um, it kind of depends. It kind of depends, John, on what the students are coming in with. Mm -hmm. If they're coming in with of a clear understanding of consumer behavior or market risk, you know, because the first thing is you've got to have a persona. You've got to the students have to understand that you've got to have a target customer that has psychographic, demographic, you know, set of behaviors and needs and wants that your content is going to be targeting. So you've got to have, so if you haven't, if they have got no idea about targeting, segmentation, customer persona, you've got to have a session on that because without it, the content exists in a vacuum. Um, and then after that, I would go more, more specifically into some of, you know, the strategic uses of content. I wouldn't go very deep into email except to, you know, again, you've got to have a list and you've got to have an offer on the contents in the offer. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend any time under the hood. I would, I would focus on the, on the practical aspects. But even if you've only got four sessions, actually make them practically do some things. Actually make them practically create a blog, mm -hmm. create 
set of different emails, the thank you email, uh, an intro email, that kind of thing. Yeah, and when I think of going to college or when I was back in school, I really preferred, I didn't really enjoy survey classes as much because it was so high level. If you do want to help somebody get under the hood, teach them how to do an oil change, teach them how to do something specific. In this case, I think if you had a couple of modules that you could do, I probably would recommend going through the content search specifically because I, I like thinking of the specific tracks. Like I would want to help people understand or students understand how to plan content coming from a buyer persona, coming from the buyer's journey, coming from what sort of content formats and how to plan that out. That's probably the most valuable class. If you just gave somebody that, it's going to be, a, it's going to help them open up their world to possibilities. And from there, teach them how to create a blog post. And if they can understand how to plan it, then create a blog post and then how to repurpose that blog post and then how to manage and put it all together into uh, an organized topic cluster to help uh, dominate search engines. I think those four modules specifically, if you're going to get specific, I would probably make it around content creation because you're not talking much about promotion or analysis. Um, if you try to go too deep in those areas, it might get a little too confusing. Um, but I would say that you can break it up and be specific. Like if you were to do email, you probably want to, would want to focus even on email a little bit more as opposed to just trying to do survey too high level. Because I think I would appreciate that um, if I was a student and it would actually be more valuable to Ian's point of actually having them produce the content. All right, folks, uh, we got two minutes left. So we're going to more or less wrap up here. Thank you everyone for stopping in. If you want to stay up to date on this stuff, if you want to continue to learn from other professors that are teaching this, come join our education partner program. Uh, it's free, the program, it's resources for you and your students. Uh, we'd love to have you join the community. Ian, thanks so much for stopping in and My sharing pleasure. your perspective with everyone. Thank you. And Justin, thanks for joining us as well. Yeah, great to see you again, Ian. So this has been the Teacher's Lounge HubSpot's podcast for the Education Partner Program. Education Partner Program provides colleges and university professors with everything they need to teach leading courses in marketing, sales, entrepreneurship, and communications. That's software, resources, and a community of professors, all for free. Until next time, folks.